When it comes to the plant-based eating debate, there's more to consider than just healthy or unhealthy. Of course, we want to eat things that make us feel good and generate energy to keep us going, but there's also a major environmental component that drives a lot of people to a plant-focused diet. But you don't have to give up some of your faves entirely. Impossible Foods makes meat from plants. They're solving the meat problem with more meat. By creating delicious meat from plants that's better for you and the planet, Impossible lets you enjoy some of your favorite meaty products with a plant-based twist. Ground beef, homestyle meatballs, sausage patties, all made from plants. And that's just a few of their delicious and versatile options. No more tension between craving meat but not wanting to eat so much of it or sacrificing your carnivorous faves for your health. Indulge in nutrient-packed, plant-based goodness and feel good doing it. Check out impossiblefoods.com to see how you can help solve the meat problem with more meat. That's I-M-P-O-S-S-I-B-L-E-F-O-O-D-S.com. Hey guys, so just so you know, today's episode is a little bit different um, than previous episodes that we've had. It gets like a little more contentious. Um, We have definitely a little bit of a stronger debate about dating apps and their flaws and their merits um and we did have we do you're about to hear our interview with nancy joe sales who made the documentary swiped hooking up in the digital age um which you can watch on hbo and she definitely has a sort of different view about dating apps than we do and it you'll hear it definitely becomes an interesting slightly contentious debate but we hope you guys enjoyed it we want to have different kinds of people on the podcast with different views and not just our own so she definitely challenged our views um and you might agree with it you might not if you have any thoughts on it definitely email us uup at betches.com if you liked it if you didn't like it just let us know and um enjoy the show hello and welcome to the you up podcast i'm jared freed and i'm jordana abraham and we are here with nancy joe sales well welcome thank you thank you you look apprehensive about coming on here i'm not gonna lie no i'm not you're not no okay i'm not you sure yeah okay are you no, I feel pretty great about having you. I love the documentary. I like okay. I like what you're talking about. We're talking about online dating and mm-hmm. the, what's going on today. I, I just want to, you know, if we we wanted to talk to you because this is what this podcast is all about. Right. So, so you saw the documentary. Yeah. Which is called? It is called Swipe. Swiping up in the digital age. On HBO. On HBO. All HBO platforms. And you can watch it on all HBO platforms. It's fantastic. All of you listening should go watch it. It's a great perspective. And it's a great thought out. And it's, you know what I would compare it to? It's like you're reporting live from the dating, the dating, uh, the epicenter of dating. Yeah. If someone, if an alien came to Earth... Yeah. And they were like, what's happening to single people? They could watch this. And it's Nancy Joe Sales letting them know. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why it's so great. It, it takes a great picture yeah. of a place and time. And it's what we talk about a lot on this show. Exactly. Where it's, mm-hmm. listen, you know, a lot of times this is the reality. You know, this is what's going on. This is the new age of dating. This is the new age of dating. Right. And we have to be better daters to deal with it. Well, may I... Please to that in terms of my research and what, what we're trying to get. also for the listeners at home. Nancy Joe is a best-selling author. Her piece called "Tinder and the Dating in uh, the Dawn of the Dating Apocalypse" it was on Vanity Fair and has been read by millions of people. Yeah, and you know a best-selling author, and you've directed and produced the movie, and it's amazing. And please. Take the time. Check it out. Go on HBO Go or go on HBO, you know, whatever, and check it out because we searched you out to bring you on the show. 
So, you know, this is exciting for us. So please respond. All right. Well, when you say that this is just the way it is, this is the reality we have to deal with, um, this is dating today. On the one hand, you're right. Mm -hmm. And that is the part of my documentary that reflects that. Mm -hmm. But on the other hand, I would... uh, one, one of the things that I came to understand more through research and doing the film was that um, this is not a fait accompli, number one. This what do you mean by that? I speak English. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the way things are don't have to be the way things are if you don't like them and they, they make you unhappy or, or un, unsatisfied in some sure. way, number one. And number two... Why are things the way they are? Why, how did we get here? And what I started to do through, through my work and research was to look at the companies behind this mm. and, and the ways in which we are all um, consumers and customers and users mm. of technology, of what they call social products and a very kind of new technology, actually, mm-hmm. which has been uh, conceived and designed with young people in mind it this is what the heads of several dating apps told me for the documentary as you saw when i when i went to tinder and and bumble and hinge and said you know why did you make these products i I thought it was very telling that jonathan bedeen who's the cso of tinder who invented the swipe said we were looking for disruption in the marketplace Mm. so it was a business decision he did not say we were looking for ways to as their as their marketing often says, and this is maybe what I was expecting him to say in a way, he did not say we were looking. We we wanted people to um, connect and uh, have wonderful relationships yeah. and and fall in love and get married or even or even have a night of great sex. He didn't he didn't say that. What he said was it was a business decision. They were looking for disruption in the marketplace and particularly in a marketplace where there was a, a still at this point, even with Grindr, which was mostly in the gay community, yep. you know, there was still a stigma attached to online dating. Mm-hmm. Right. And it was still seen as something for um, people who, as Justin McLeod says in my documentary, mm-hmm. s- people who were a little bit desperate. Right. And, yeah. and for old people, yeah. frankly. Because mm-hmm. you look I at like... I think that, yeah. So they look, disrupted this marketplace. Right. Like five years ago, even, I would say, or s- yeah. seven years ago, for sure, I think before the apps came out, it was seen as sort of like a desperate move a little bit. There was an eye, there was right. an eye roll. Mm-hmm. And yeah, absolutely. And there was, a lot of, there was a lot of work that went into online dating. There were a lot of... Uh, on Match.com and, and other... Uh, major companies that that had most of the the users and the traffic at that point you know pre let's say pre 2012 there's a lot of work involved there was a lot of okay cupid was was already there but they hadn't gone mobile yet but Um, e-harmony you had the the 80 80 question survey and and j-day you'd have to fill out a whole thing and then pay for it to even speak to someone it was considered it was considered a lengthy process that was um expensive and also you were kind of a loser maybe a little bit if you did this okay so these tech people, these people of big tech, big dating, as yep. I like to call it. Big dating. It is definitely big dating at this yeah. point because we have a, a, a multi-billion dollar industry of, of mobile dating apps that has gone worldwide. But yep. hasn't, hasn't sex and dating always been like a what sells, as they say, or been a multi-million dollar industry? Well, we're, in not, we're not really talking about sex. We're talking about 
um, corp a corporation that decided to make certain products. Sex is, of course, there. They started to they they decided that they were going to approach a certain demographic, which was millennials, which they said very openly in my yep. film. Mm -hmm. um, uh, Whitney Wolf heard the. One, one of the early people at Tinder, and, and then, then now she's and Bumble. now she's the founder of Bumble, and personally now worth two hundred and fifty million dollars. So we know that these these apps are very rewarding. Yeah. The, the strategy that they've had has become very financially rewarding to everyone who's been mm -hmm. behind it. So it was a way to make money. It was a way to disrupt the marketplace, and the target market was millennials. She openly says we were going for her words the young hip millennial college market. Yeah, because they gamified what the the websites were before. They took it and turned it into a slot machine. One click sign on, sign on through Facebook, make it as easy as possible. They assessed they assessed their user potential user base and saw that these were young people who were growing up for the most part on their phones, glued to their screens, mm -hmm. um, doing now suddenly receiving everything through phones. Yeah. Information, communication, sure. um, news, products. <coughs> mm -hmm. right. So why not a soulmate or, 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 or just a person to have a, a fun night with. Why not that? I agree with everything you're saying. I, but wouldn't you say that any progression has become because someone wanted to make money to progress? You know, like, wouldn't you say that, like, their right to make, they have a right to make money. They have a right to gamify something. Everything I, I just said was descriptive. Yeah. And you know, and I what I'm trying to establish here okay. is that we cannot look at this as something that just kind of happened and it's just there and we just have to deal with it. Well, no. I, I mean, that's the part that's not true. It didn't just happen. It's not just there as if it grew out of the ground like an orange tree. And we don't have to deal with it. We don't have to accept it and the culture of dating if we don't want to. Well, but not this is not to judge any person who uses online dating for in sure. any mm -hmm. in any possible way but this is what people in the big dating industry and in fact all of silicon valley this is how they justify their products and their enormous impact on users mm. is to say well it was already there it would have happened anyway like it's just like normal it's just mm -hmm. natural and yet at the same time they want us to believe that they have made life so much better and so much faster and so much quicker and so much easier and so much more convenient this is the this is the hallmark of how silicon valley markets products and we also have to think and i think it came out in the in the documentary and i think it's important for everyone especially anyone who's not a white male mm -hmm. to think about uh when they're using these products is that these products have been almost exclusively conceived, designed, and marketed by white males. So what by, you, by heterosexual right. white males. Right. So what do you think is is the is the is the biggest detriment to using a dating app or what do, wh why do you think that or do you, do you feel like there it's a negative impact on society and if so what why are we worse off now? I think that we just have to look at how we use them, how they were designed, what they're made for, what happens with them because getting back to and this this all becomes in answer to your question this all becomes very important um in considering who made them and why because you could say well this is just uh, this just was going to happen anyway but not really because the when the company designed the app mm. what was their idea behind it to get you coming back to use it more 
Because mm. how do they make money from use? Any kind of app, any kind of website or technologies is how, how they achieve value is through mm. usage. It's, it's, it's value of use. So the more users, the more swiping, the more um, messaging, the more your time and attention and um, you know, we could also say hopes and dreams, lusts and desires, you know, fantasies and whatever are involved with their product. The more, the the bigger, the more valuable it becomes. Mm-hmm. So, how did they achieve that? How did they figure out well, how can we get these people coming back for more? And how can we? Well, they do it in all kinds of ways, not just Tinder, but every single every single app of every single sort, mm. whether it's dating or whatever. Social media, Instagram, Facebook, any, 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 any anything on your they, phone. They they. they um, I mean, I'm checking the Delta app three times a day for some reason. I don't <laughs> well, know why I do that. Because probably Delta, like Tinder, yeah. has um, some intermittent rewards. Well, it has this like <laughs> thing that has this graph on it that shows you your sky miles. Even on days I don't fly, I go check it just because I like seeing the little graph. You know, it's like a lottery. You know, it's a slot machine. Exactly. We and, all do the same thing. Yeah. Because they because they use principles of psychology sure. and social conditioning. And we know this. This is not a conspiracy theory. Again, Jonathan Bedeen, inventor of the swipe, very openly talks in, in my movie, Swiped, about how he based the swipe, and he had never spoken about this in an interview before, mm-hmm. on social con- the social conditioning principle of variable the variable ratio schedule, mm-hmm. which he said he learned about in psych courses and business courses in college, where you are motivated to go forward and continue engaging with the product because, like, like in gambling, yeah. because you don't know when you will be rewarded. It's very game theory-ish. Right. Yeah. Do, and you remember, the, you remember the, in the film the experiment with the pigeons? I don't remember. Okay. <laughs> Which, oh, yes. No, B.F. Skinner. Right. Mm-hmm. B.F. Skinner, who's a, right. a, a psychologist and, uh, you know, uh, the 20th century, he died in, the, in, the, in 1990, I think. Not sure. Anyway, very very controversial, very famous psychology, whose ideas and principles have been used a lot in Silicon Valley, not just by Tinder. Right. And that's a big subject, like, among tech nerds and stuff, too, and, you know, pieces like on Wired about B.F. Skinner's uh, effect on, you know, influence on social media. And so he did this famous experiment in the 1970s where he turned pigeons into gamblers. He put them, he had all these cages of pigeons, and he taught them to peck on a little light to get food. Mm. And sometimes they would get the food and sometimes they wouldn't. And the pigeons who didn't know when they were going to get the food would peck more, 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 more just because it was fun to play the game and just because they, whether or not they were hungry. Yeah. So don't that, you think this principle applied to Tinder is the swipe. But don't and you you're think swiping, you're swiping, you're swiping, you're swiping. Right. And sometimes you get a match and sometimes right. you don't. So it makes right. you come back. And we don't want to think that we don't want to think that this affects us. We don't want to think that that, I mean, what we would prefer to think, I think is, you know, it's just, I think it was, it's human to think, but that's not really affecting me. That's not affecting my, you know, the way that I engage with people, the way that I think about dating. That's not affecting me. I'm not really addicted to swiping, Mm. you know, but then you have these surveys that say that, you know, and uh, if you want to believe studies and surveys that say that, like, people are really addicted to dating apps, whether swiping apps and other types of apps as, apps as well, and they're on them sometimes 10 hours a week, hours a day. Absolutely. While we're also on while Instagram, though, aren't we? While they're on, yeah. the, on the toilet. Yeah. You know, like that's and now like, the two things are combined. That's true. Yeah. They're, yeah. they're combined, so then you, like, have a twofer. 
mm-hmm. where you're not only looking at the, you're not only drawn in by the by the design of one app but then by another and it sends yeah. you down the rabbit hole of like oh this person and oh that person and so then we get to the final thing i wanted to say about sure. all this is then we get to the issue of the multiplicity of options and how that you know affects us on a psychological level as well when it comes to sex and dating and 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 love and our 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 you know who we are really yeah is i don't think dating is a frivolous subject i think it's a very serious subject because it involves not only the structure of our society in certain ways but also um how we feel every day how you know the people we come in contact um in in a romantic or sexual context have a really huge influence on our mental health and our sense of self-esteem and and all of these things so it's a very 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 serious thing so what what all of this access has seemed to have done and what all of this uh you know availability of options seems to have done and we have people talking about it in the film mm-hmm. as well you know young people that i that i interviewed about their their day nephews is that it has it has made made it harder to choose one yeah and I don't, you know, when you say, many times when I'm interviewed about the subject matter, and, and, I, and I, I understand where you're coming from, because you want to know, you want to cut to the chase. So what do you think about this? Good, bad, what? Right. But we tend in our society to think in very binary ways. Is this mm. good? Is this bad? Is this right. black? Is this white? Am I going to die? Am I going to live? But actually, I see it as a much more complicated and, and complex thing where certainly there are some good things and there are some bad things. There are some really horrific things like the rise in sexual violence related to online dating which is undeniable and has been charted in studies as well and it isn't being talked about at all and how these dating and and you saw it in my film when 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 uh we had a young woman who one who was uh cyber bullied Mm -hmm. from a, a dating update um uh, he created a website in which he said she was a crackhead. Yeah. The, da- right. the dating app had no, nothing, t- n- no, not one thing to say to help her except what, call the police. What's their you know? responsibility, you think, the dating apps? Well, I think, just to finish the thought, I think there's, there's some things that are bad to the point of horrific, like rape and harassment yeah. and cyberbullying and all these things. And then there are things that are, are good, you know? Of course there are things that are good. But what, you know, like... A new kind of intimacy that's sometimes really thrilling and exciting and and fun. But I think overall, what we cannot do, because I think it would be such a mistake to do that, is to say that it's not changing us and to say that it's not deeply affecting us, uh, sometimes on a daily basis. I think you came to the right place for that conversation because that's kind of what why we have this podcast. When I say it's the reality, I understand... Where you're like you're, what you're saying with, we don't have to say that it's a good reality. We can say this is just we're changing as ourselves because we're interacting with each other in different ways. We also don't have to accept it. Well, you, you it have was, to know was, you have it, to be realistic that this is out there. Yeah, right. You know, but Facebook isn't going back in the to, toothpaste. But too. normalizing things, I think, is a real problem with technology. Technology tends the the new kind of shiny, addictive, sexy technology that we've all. You know, you guys have, you know, grown up with more than I have, but I'm certainly addicted to many social media platforms as well. Mm-hmm. Um, it, you know, like I said, it sees us as its mark. It wants us to be engaged with it, mm-hmm. you know, and so 
I don't see that as it, it, it would take it, it, it's conditioning and it would take a lot of I think conversation to change that but I think that's a conversation we need to have because I don't I don't want to be controlled by corporate forces I don't want to be controlled by uh, you know somebody's bottom line I want right. to have real agency in my life in terms of my love, sex, and dating choices. And I don't think that when you're on these apps, you completely have that. Whether I, you're a man, right. woman, identify in other ways, whether... I can agree with that in the sense that you're, you're, what you're saying is like there's a, there's a corporation behind what you're doing. There's someone who has intentions that are not necessarily in line with yours. There's someone who's standing to make money off of you going through this you know mental perhaps alteration or addiction to your phone or addiction to swiping um but couldn't you say that also about like like jared was saying before about a lot of other things like alcohol and dating probably causes a lot of violence causes a lot of um you know issues or alter mind alterations or things like that like alcohol is also an addiction that's very wrapped up in hookup culture meets dating apps i mean we know that hookup culture was already which was which which existed you know before dating apps ever came along dating apps i feel have really weaponized hookup culture but we always knew that there were several addictions going on at the same time in hookup culture very often that did lead to a lot of blurring of lines unfortunately of consent and you know moments when people really didn't know what they had done or why and aside from the whole terrible issue of, of rape and, vi- and sexual violence there's also just like knowing exactly why you're doing something and what what how you feel about it in the moment I mean these are all these are all things that have been written about for 20 years mm-hmm. by academics who study hookup culture so dating apps come along and they like I say kind of weaponize all that and put it in overdrive and so I think there's a lot of addictions going on at the same time there's addiction to the dating app there's addiction to often alcohol um our 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 society is riddled with addictions i don't know that this is the healthiest environment in which we engage with each other you know yeah but i mean look to the point about alcohol like no one is asking you know if a place makes a smart smirnoff makes a cotton candy flavored vodka that tastes just like cotton candy do we go to them and say it's their responsibility to teach the public about how these don't taste like alcohol anymore. Well, let's talk about cigarettes. Sure. I mean, what happened sure. with what happened with cigarettes? You know, um, the cigarette companies knew that they had they, that that their products were dangerous. Yeah, that their products were lethal. In fact, mm-hmm. in certain doses, and yet they hid this uh, research for decades. There's a you know, there's a, a really famous article in Vanity Fair, actually, yeah. the magazine I work for. Um, you know, which exposed how, and and became a movie called The Insider, which exposed how the cigarette companies hid all of this from the public for for a long time. Um, Do you feel that the dating apps are hiding us to a certain extent? Well, they marked the new big tobacco. They Mm -hmm. marketed to, I I mean, that's a, you you could draw that inference. I'm just saying that there there is some historical basis for this in the term, in terms of how companies um, have, a track record, big companies have a track record of not necessarily having the health and well-being of their, of their customers, their clients, their users, uppermost in their mind. Their right. m- uppermost in their mind is their bottom line. So 
they, you know, cigarette companies were also very normalized. They, their cigarette companies ran, I mean, we've all seen Mad Men. They ran, yeah. they ran ads using doctors. But as you Doctors learn, would say, I smoke this sure. brand. Similarly, um, oh, also my mom, who's a, you know, an older lady said that in her high school, they had cigarette machines in the cafeteria. Yeah. But then people learned more and were given more knowledge. They learned why. And now people make a rational decision between saying, smoking and regulated. not smoking. She's saying they learned because they're regulated. They were forced to. They were forced to um, become regulated because it became impossible to deny the deleterious effects of alcohol. Of I'm sorry, of cigarettes and tobacco on people. But they didn't offer up this information. They didn't want to protect people. They had to. What would the protections you would want from the dating apps? Like like cigarettes, yeah, like a carton of cigarettes has a thing on it that says this is going to essentially it's kill It's not you. only that. <laughs> There's been an enormous change in how, this is what I'm saying, like it doesn't have to be a certain way. Mm-hmm. That's just, that's a normalizing view of corporate effects on society. It doesn't have to be the way well, that no it is for any reason, especially when it's only been around for a few years. But especially no one's forcing anyone to be on a dating app. Nobody forced anybody to smoke cigarettes. But we've had enormous campaigns about what cigarettes mm. do to you. It's become socially pretty much unacceptable in a very short amount of time. Mm. I mean, when I, was, when I was your age in New York City, everybody smoked. Mm. I smoked. You know, I now look back on it and think like, what was I doing? Yeah. I would like to live a long life. That, that just time that I smoked shortened my life. But probably. But um, you watch Sex in the City. Carrie Bradshaw has sure. a cigarette in her hand up into, in right. the, into the way into the 2000s. Now, that's not the case. And the reason I'm bringing this up is this whole idea of accepting things just because or seeing things as the way they are just because everybody's doing it or because this corporation is making this product available to you and you're addicted. Yeah, I mean, I I see it differently as far as the normalization part. Like, you use your phone every day. You use Facebook, Instagram. You know that these aren't positive parts of your life. I know I can trust people out there to say that there are adults out there to go, well, I'm on Facebook too much. I'm on Instagram too much. It can be, we know these things aren't helping us in any way. If you're like me and shudder at the thought of low-rise jeans and pluck-thin eyebrows making a comeback, you're a millennial. And if you're a millennial, it's time to add Clarins Multi-Active Cream to your daily routine. I have to tell you, I'm a huge Clarins fan. I've been using them for years. I love, love, love them. They are such high quality. They're like a legacy brand. My skin always looks better whenever I'm using Clarins products. And it's no different with the Clarins Multi-Active Cream. You've been adulting for a while, so the daily stress of just trying to keep your life together can cause stress aging. Yes, that's a thing. The good news, Europe's number one skincare line has a solution you can trust. Rooted in nature and innovated with science, Clarins has a long legacy of creating industry-first, plant-forward products. Using a skin charger complex made of 2% niacinamide and C. holly bio-extract, Clarins Multi-Active Cream has been clinically proven to target the first visible signs of aging by smoothing lines and wrinkles, refining pores, evening tone and texture, and strengthening the skin's moisture barrier. While Multi-Active Cream can't bring back the golden age of boy bands, it can de-stress your skin. Go to Clarins.com UUP and get Multi-Active Day and Night Cream for 10% off, a free welcome gift, plus free shipping on your first order. That's C-L-A-R-I-N-S dot UUP with promo code UUP, Clarins.com slash UUP with promo code UUP.
You guys know I'm a huge fan of Skims, and with warmer weather coming up, I recently tried out one of their t-shirts. Skims makes the best basics and foundations, so it's no surprise that it's the best-fitting tee I've ever worn. Finding the perfect t-shirt can be such a challenge, whether it's the fit or the quality, but with Skims, they make the most flattering shirts for everyone. Honestly, I love pretty much everything Skims makes, but I really love their t-shirts. They're like form-fitting, and they make my body just look that much smoother. I have the soft, smoothing, seamless t-shirt in Onyx. It has amazing versatility. It is literally a must-have for a spring wardrobe. They're stretchy, they're flattering. You can dress it up or dress it down and you don't have to worry about compromising style or comfort. I also have the cotton jersey t-shirt in marble and it's really just changed the game for me. It's taking the regular t-shirt, it's leveling it up. There's no stretched collars or hems and it literally fits like a dream. Skims t-shirts are made with innovative technology while always keeping style and comfort in mind. From crop silhouettes to long sleeve layering tees, Skims has something for every fit and every body. Shop the Skims t-shirt shop at skims.com, now available in sizes extra, extra small to 4X. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know I sent you. After you place your order, select podcast in the survey and select you up in the drop down menu that follows. There was recently an article like just in the last week in the New York Times about how, and this is this has come up before in articles and I know well from the work that I do because I also wrote a book about teenage girls and uh, how they're affected by social media and mm. how they use social media called American Girls. Anyway, so there was just an article in the New York Times like in the last week that was about how the parents of kids in Silicon Valley, the parents of big tech, they don't allow their kids to have screens. Yeah. They don't want them to be on screens. Well, and in fact, Bill Gates with the tape over his, over his, um, his camera. Well, they, don't give yeah, their yeah. Ch- they don't give their children these products. Sure. And also right. this, art, this particular article was about how nannies in Silicon Valley are being schooled to not use phones. They can't use their phones around kids. Mm. They can't let the kids go on phones. Yeah. Um, they can't have any kind of screens, no iPads, nothing. And but I would Steve say Jobs famously uh, told Nick Bilton, the uh, tech writer who's in, who's in my movie Swiped, he's mm. a really great uh, you know, journalist who writes about tech. He, in an article, this came up, I don't know, maybe 10 years ago, Steve Jobs famously told Nick Bilton he, didn't let his, he wasn't going to let his kids have an iPad when they were first coming out. Maybe it was longer than that, 15 yeah. years ago, maybe. And Nick said, why? <laughs> why? Aren't these for kids? Mm-hmm. Aren't all kids going to be playing games on them and watching media on them? But not his kids. Because he knew. And because, yeah. as this article stated, they know that... It's not just that you're going to be on it all the time and using it all the time. It will change you. It will change your brain. Yeah. It will change how you think. It will change your attention span. It will change how you live in the world moment to moment, how you perceive your experiences. It's, it's a huge thing. It will change. If you're a 10 or 13-year-old girl and you're, or, or boy and you're just always thinking about what do I post how many likes will I get? Yeah. Mm-hmm. How many followers do I have? That changes your perception of reality moment to moment. Mm-hmm. So I ask you, having said that, I'm just asking people to think about how it changes your perception of potential dating partners, people you might love or have sex with, to see them in a stack of swipes mm-hmm. that you endlessly push their face and push their face, another product to be hot or knotted. You know, because this is the basic mentality of it. What would your advice be to someone who's a single person? They're 25, they're out there, they maybe they don't want to get off the couch every night and go on dates and go to bars and go to function. What would you say they should do? Or they're in a new city, they don't want to go out alone. Yeah. Well, I think that right there, 
you have another reason why we need to have a broader, deeper, bigger conversation. Not that maybe you're having here. I love your podcast. I'm just saying that sometimes I think it needs to, not the podcast, but these conversations need to get a little more real about what it is that we're actually doing here instead of just using it because it is so easy. Mm. You don't have to get dressed up. Yeah. You don't have to even have a real conversation with someone. You don't nope. even have to be yourself or put your real picture on there because lots of people don't put a right. picture of like, I don't know. I was, I'm doing a book now on this same subject. It's coming out in 2020 on online dating. And so I was on Tinder the other night and I was swiping, swiping, swiping. And what I hadn't been on it in a while because I had finished my film and we, we you know, we went on it a lot during the Are film. Are you tour. yourself single? Yes. Yeah. So I went on it to see, like, is it still the same? Are things the same or, you know, as they were six months ago, mm-hmm. you know, when we were looking at it for the film? And I would say that with a six-month hiatus, what I noticed, which I thought, w- which was chilling to me, was how much, even in a very short amount of time, how much better the pictures have gotten. Like more mm-hmm. professional, more posed, more, more face tuned. Yes, yeah. Yeah. right. Yeah, because I was on men and women. Right, more like a more like a product. Mm. Like, like like thought went into this. It's not just like hey, yeah. here's me here and my homies at the restaurant. Right, you know? it sure. was like, very interesting. They were yeah. posed and they were and everything in my film that the psychologist one psychologist talks about was still there. It's like this doesn't go away because we are in some way programmed for this kind of stuff. There were fish picks and there were mountain picks and there was you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, the guys standing by their car, sure. touching their car, holding their car, holding the their mirror face. selfie, right. shirtless. <laughs> right, yeah. right. That's all still there, but it was so much more profesh. Yeah, like it just looked like curated, almost. curated. Yeah, there's the yeah. word. Yeah, curated. And then the more pictures, and they all, you know, and there's like this certain look. You know, what's wrong with that? To me, is making yourself more of a product. Um, thinking of more of yourself as something to be consumed you need to get attention in this like flick of the you know you gotta find a way to rise right, up to right. grab someone's attention right and it's more like this whole also fame culture weirdly comes into it you know because we're all trying to do you know celebrities often going back to you know the like beautiful photographs that hang in, in, the, in the hallways and Vanity Fair my magazine I work for like that were done by like Harrell and those those great um you know, all those great uh, photographers who took pictures of celebrities back in the 20s, 30s, and 40s is this, like, it's a very celebrity uh, culture, celebrity curation type shot where the person just looks very deep. Mm. They look very deep, you know. They're staring off into the distance. Mm-hmm. There's, there was a lot of that right. I saw on yeah. Tinder. A lot yeah. of that, like, I'm... Intr- like, I'm artsy. A, I'm a very... Okay. Well, they could be even just, like doing whatever but it's like that sort of like celebrity like you know what does Ty- Tyra call it smizing smizing no it was a, no it's not smizing it's more like a kind of I don't know but there was a smize there was smizing too a lot of smizing <laughs> right but wouldn't you say that's now na- you know like you know a lot of the you know you hear like it's like when people say they don't want a casino coming to town because crime will go up and you're like yeah if you move a hundred thousand people into town that had not that many people in town, all those statistics are going to go up that are bad. You know, so a lot of the things you're saying where you say, you know, listen, I, I'm not saying 
I do agree. The weaponization of dating, yes, it happens faster. It happens quicker. You're seeing more people than you'd ever meet in maybe your entire life in one year before these existed. But it's commodification. I'm trying to get with that whole um, profile picture digression. I'm trying to get to think, get us to think about commodification, which is another issue. There's sexualization. I think that, yeah. that happens too. You know, but there's commodification, which is equally disturbing, which is when you, and this is throughout social media, mm-hmm. and in the context of dating, it's, uh, you know, it's something to be, to think about that you're commodifying yourself. You're making yourself into a product to be consumed from the jump. Yeah. And it's, this isn't a, con- and it's interesting you call it a casino game because that's exactly what. Sure. Uh, Adam Alter, the psychologist in my film, calls it. He's a gamification yeah. expert, right. addiction expert. He wrote a book called Irresistible. And, um, you know, uh, Jonathan Medine, again, called it. This is kind of like a slot machine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But this isn't like one town it's come to. It's the world. It's well, the entire world. It's Tinder's in 128 countries. There are dating apps in, I would say, probably almost every country. China has a huge dating app culture, from right. Bombay to Beijing. For, the number one city for dating app, for Tinder in the world, is London. But it's not even New York. Is, think is there any be- iteration of the app? Have, you, have they gotten better to you? Like, there's been other apps that have been created with different rules. And different, like, like, like Hinge, you, for Hinge, example, like Hinge, you? Hinge redesigned its app because of my article. And this was openly you know state it's not i'm not saying that um uh justin mcleod who created the app yeah. hinge after my piece tinder and the dawn on the dating apocalypse came out in 2015 he um did a survey uh to say well wow is this true is this happening on my app is because he, yeah. he they had swiping i know is this what it's like are women really being harassed to this extent sure. are, are 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 some men being so cavalier about their hookups uh, is this all going on what right. you know so he did this big survey 80,000 people and I would say that if you actually read that survey download and read that survey it like paints a bleaker picture with, of, well, of, of what my article reported so he then with his team yeah. redesigned his app and he reached out to me actually and said I want you to know we're doing this and it's but because this of you. Is, this is my point with with um, you talk about. Like, but I didn't finish. Oh, which I'm sorry. is to say, no, no. I'm sorry. Long winded answer. But you said, are there any things that are better? I think that there are CEOs with corporate responsibility, with a sense of corporate responsibility, yeah. like McLeod, who look at this and say, like, I don't want it to be like this. I want to change it. How do I change it? Can I change it? They got rid of swiping. Hinge is a different platform now. But does that. And now, actually, after Swipes came out, he now added, I, he's not spoken to me about this. Okay. I just saw it in, in the news. But they've added a new feature, which is the first time on any dating app mm-hmm. ever, where there's reporting about whether or not you actually had a relationship. But this, this is where I disagree that these, you know, all of a sudden, he's been on this podcast. Right. He's, he's, like, to be totally open, he's I'm paid not- us both money. To help promote the app, so I, I, uh-huh. I want to be, of course. But I'm saying, well, now it's been, it's been, Hinge has also been um, purchased. It's been bought right, by the match by, by the yeah, group. So it's the same. So, but, but so you're is, no, my, but but long story short, did it make it better? Did it make it any better? Is Hinge better? I don't know because what you need in order to establish these things are. St- studies, which he did himself with the swiping and data, and we do not have data on enough data. There's not been enough time, number one, and there's not been enough effort, number two, to 
really gather data on what the effects of all of this are. But I'm saying, the, the, sorry to interrupt, but the, the, the point that I'm saying is that he's motivated by money too. There's a market for better dating apps that aren't Tinder. Exactly. Right. So, which is totally fine. I just reported what he said to me. Totally. I, I'm not saying. I'm but not saying he doesn't have a soul. If you want to infer, if you. But I'm saying he's the devil. No, no, no. No, no he's a great guy, actually. But I do you, like him. And if I'm, you want to infer that, I'm not going to argue with you because the. And but, I, but I'm saying this thing. These things where you know, they with the companies when people are motivated by money, there's going to be another option available because I told Justin that I think his app is in the driver's seat right now because women want those things and men are going to go where the women go. So it's, you know, if, if Tinder's full of all men swiping fake bots and all the women are unhinged because it's more protected, because it's a more thoughtful dating app, because of the experience of the past, well, wouldn't you say we're progressing a little other, bit? On the other hand, one of the reasons why... Um, I know through an industry source, McLeod did not tell me this. And again, I, I, I think he's a really great guy. He mm. did, he's, has great thing, really, really interesting things to say in the documentary that I did. And he's so honest yeah. about everything. And I appreciate that about him. But an industry source did tell me that Hinge got sold to Match because basically it had to. When you say it's in the driver's seat, that's not true in terms of... It might be like trends or, or buzz or something, but that's not true in terms of the, of, of the bottom line of these companies and who's making money. Um, Hinge is so outpaced by Tinder uh, overall. And Tinder is, is so far ahead of well, every other dating app in terms of just how much money they make, how many users they McDonald's have. McDonald's outpaces Shake Shack. Right, well, that's also because they're you know, first, right? You, get, yeah. like you said like there's a higher quality option in the market, which maybe has has an appeal to it to a certain kind of person that wants that wants that higher quality look his his mcleod's mcleod's research says and other other studies that have been done say and my Mm -hmm. my anecdotal research as well agrees that people want relationships they do all kinds of people want relationships 80 80 something percent of people when they go on these apps this is what they want (laughs) wait wait but the question is, this is what people want. Yeah. Products are made, hopefully, to serve people mm. what they want. This is what they want. But is this what they are getting? I, I mean, if well, they, that's if why they new apps are created. Those apps, right? I also, I mean, no, the data doesn't exist on it. What do you? What do you? There's say? no data on whether it exists, and this is an important point because if that's what they want. Are they getting it on, on these apps that kind of sort of promise them I mean, that they could of, potentially get it there? There's a lot of relationships based off of swiping apps, too, that I've met. Like, have you not encountered several? I mean, like... But that's not data. You know, when I went to, when I went to Tinder, and, and I, I really tried to hone in on this point with them and say, because Sean Rad, co-founder of Tinder, he says in interviews... You know, we get we are inundated with emails. This is in the documentary. People get married off Tinder, and, mm-hmm. and then I go to Tinder, and Sean Rad is unavailable to talk. But they give me to Jonathan Bedin, and they give me to this woman who worked there called Jessica Carbino, who's the sociologist at Tinder. Mm-hmm. So I'm talking to her about it, and she says to me, "I said, well, how many, how many, you know, people? You, your own research says that Tinder's own research says people mm-hmm. want relationships. So how many people get that? Mm-hmm. If eighty something percent want." How many get? And she says, well, there's no data. The data on that is not available. And what does she say? But we're inundated with emails from people yeah. who get married. Right. So 
Well, all I'm saying is, and then she says, and look at the New York Times. In the valid section of the New, New York Times, there have been, this was in 2016, 23 marriages off of Tinder. So do you understand how anecdotally, of course, we all know that person who met someone on Match or Plenty of Fish or whatever. You know, we all, we've all been to that wedding. Um, but that's not data. Right. Yeah. That's like, that's, that's, that's the, that's, it's a, there's a word for this in psychology. I forget what it is, but it's like when you want to believe something, the one example of it becomes enough for you. Right. Mm-hmm. Anecdotal to, evidence isn't evidence. I see what you're saying with that. But what do you say about the fact that 60% of current marriages worldwide are actually arranged marriages? Wouldn't you say this is an improvement on that? Like the fact that, and I just actually was just reading a book which told me that statistic. Um, so wouldn't you say like that for a lot of women around the globe, this is like a much better option than just being put into like a financial match with someone who they might not even like, and that's just the norm for them? Isn't this an improvement on that? Isn't this somewhat of an elevation? If you read my article, Tinder and the Dawn of the Dating Apocalypse, or if you see my movie Swiped, you will see very very quickly and clearly that I come at all of this from a feminist perspective and my perspective on this is about comes from I've I've sort of like hoped that I've brought to the conversation on this um, an awareness and a realization that these apps are designed by straight white guys in a, a bro culture that's you know widely reported to be sexist of Silicon Valley these, they're, they're conceived and designed. The dating world has been reconceived, reconfigured by young straight white guys who don't think about the consequences. So my, my view on all of this in terms of how these apps play into, sometimes I think really instruments of rape culture, how they play into sexualization and commodification of women and men, but especially women, let's face it, is from a, a feminist perspective. So... I, I am completely on the side of women, not only women, but marginalized m- people or people of, of color who, who told us that in using dating apps, they encountered racism. Something is not talked about enough. The normalization of racism. Isn't that on dating also a little anecdotal, though? Or is there actual no, data behind that? There, there have, there's been a lot written about it. I, I, first of all, I, I would never want to you know tell a person of color like oh well that's just your experience that can't be happening across the board i mean like i mean i'm just saying like in terms of the other like the other side of things in terms of like that's just your experience that you've met your boyfriend on tinder isn't that sort of the same like in just the sense of there it's like there's like terrible anecdotes in both directions of like good and bad things so you don't believe that there's racism no of course i believe that there is i'm just saying like in the same sense that that we want and that we want actual hard statistics and facts about, um, you know, like the, the actual successes. We also would like them about the negative aspects. I'm not as well, the only no? person to have reported on this, or, or to have given hope, hope to given to have given uh, people have experienced this a voice on this in my film. Um, in fact, when the young people in my film uh, are. are talking about this in a little town in Plainfield, Illinois. We went to a big city, medium-sized city, college campus in a little tiny town in Illinois. Um, we show on the screen, you know, in B-roll, like, an article about it. There, mm-hmm. This is not something that has only been reported by me or by the characters in my film. This is something that I think is a problem since um, 
since my film came out, um, I've, I've heard from a lot of women of color who've really appreciated the fact that there was that representation in the film because it's not talked about enough and it needs to be talked about is, is the way in which these dating apps seem to normalize certain, you know, biases that people have towards people who are not the same race. Well, I mean, I mean, that's that. No, I'm not lessening that experience. I don't think Jordana is lessening that experience of someone having that uh, have awful things happen. Of course, and they see things. They say, but no. But this is a quote. This is a quote from someone in the film said that they see on the on the profile it will say no blacks. I talked to actually Justin McLeod about this, and he said, oh wow, that could never that could never happen on our app. We would kick them off immediately. Who knows if that Mm -hmm. is true or not? But Obviously, that's not something that anybody, any person of color should see Of course, on not. an app. But wouldn't you say that people are going to a bar, so to speak, with that attitude and not writing it on an app? Like I'm sorry. If, if, someone's going, if someone's willing to write that on an app, like right. something hateful that, But like turn that. the question around. Are they only willing to say it because they are on an app? Well, I'm, I'm just saying, are we put face-to-face with the reality of getting swiped right and swiped left right to our faces? You know, this, I, I, I'm saying... Are, like, you, are you justifying that? I'm not justifying it at all. All I'm saying is that these He's people just saying that brings, it, that brings to light someone who already exists with those attitudes. That person's going to exist whether or not they can whether show, there's an app or they not. Can show they it on should an app not, or not be... You should not... It's a public space. Dating apps are a public space. As much as you would like to think, perhaps when you use them, that they're private, mm-hmm. they're not. They're a public space. And, um, you so, know, this was one of the reasons, actually, why for the film, we were, legally, we were legally permitted to show actual people from the apps. Sure. If we wanted to. Because yeah. it, is, it is considered a public space. Right. So this is a public space. We have to have, this is what I'm talking about, about a breakdown of social mores, conventions, and and social contracts that are not acceptable in public it's not acceptable if someone came this the, the, by the the, the the i'm sorry the the analogy that you're making you would you you what you're suggesting i think is that someone might already think that in a bar but if a woman of color went up to that person if that person said to her no blacks Oh, that would be, be completely unacceptable, yeah. but it's acceptable on a dating app. Why? I mean, I would say you're saying that it's so widespread that it's acceptable. It's normalized. I should have said instead of acceptable, it's normalized. Like they're not, no one's getting kicked off the app for writing no Hispanic people, no Jews. Is, are people being kicked off for that or not? I have heard about it enough and it's been written about enough that I think probably not enough people are being kicked off of it. Okay. Off of, off of these apps it's not in there but, that's a, but I'm saying you know that's when we're talking about like you know the successes of it and then saying well that's we where are the numbers you know the horrible things that are happening which I these are horrible things are the, where but the, why isn't why isn't it while I'm sitting here sure and I have this research and information to share why 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 shouldn't we talk about it? Isn't no, I'm not that something, saying, isn't that, isn't that something that we should talk about? I think you talk about the good and the bad in any situation to make let people make their own rational decisions. Right. Yeah. So I I agree with what, what you're saying. Like it's there's no I have per, never, there's I have no, never there's, come across no Jews on a dating. There's app. no person of color in this room right now. No. But I if know. there were, I would like to know 
what he, she, they has to say about this because I'm not so sure that they would also feel that it was like not a big deal. I'm not I saying, don't think, I don't we're think saying anyone said that. It's not a big deal at all. I mean, Ronnie Chang is a good friend of mine on The Daily Show. He did a whole piece about how Asian men are just not liked on dating apps. Right. And well, it's a very interesting piece because you watch it from his perspective and through his eyes. And it's, and you never think of it that way. And so I, right. and that's, so when you're saying that like, there are you know, people of color. Racial, are, there are definitely, like there are, there are studies of like, who gets more uh who gets more of this who gets more of that and it's really kind of chilling and troubling to see first of all let's talk about women who gets the most who gets the most swipe rights in terms of women i would assume 18 year old women younger women yeah <laughs> yeah yes. very young very young women but the youngest that, that are allowed on, on that the top, app on that topic <laughs> how would you feel how do you feel about bumble and because that was kind of dubbed as the feminist dating app as marketing wise well and i i've been on this i mean i've said a bunch of times i was like that one's built for men in my eyes like because you have a have a woman saying thank you you i've said it a bunch of times where it's you have a woman who says i think you're hot and then she's going ooh me ooh me which is that's what it is well Um, and that's hard to talk about that for a second because that's run by a woman but what does that tell you if it doesn't really seem like real feminism to you and nor does it to it's about money. Nor does it to me. And there's a feminist dating historian in my film who talks about it. It doesn't seem like it to her. Then how come the how come it's marketed that way? And how come Whitney Wolf heard um, is written about in the New York Times as the you know as the cool gal with the feminist dating app and everything because it's marketing because it's marketing right. because people who approach places like the New York Times to pitch stories are very good at pitching their stories and it's like they want to hear that something is feminist because that's hot that's new that's cool sure. that's, oh wow the trend ooh the feminist right. dating app so it's been marketed that way it's been marketed that way in a very effective way and um, you know it's uh, it's marketing is it true I don't think so I mean I don't I don't think that what the feminist historian in our film says is that to her, it just codifies, codifies, codifies that women have to do more work in relationships. Mm-hmm. Right. Because they I, mean, I agree with that. I think <laughs> I remember being on Bumble and just feeling like that man could just like, just like as Jared yeah. said, just got to just kind of like review all the people that were interested in him and just pick one. It or made it easier. Several. Yeah. Right. And, and yeah. it made it, e- it makes it easier. Yeah. It makes it even easier for men to, in the, in the power balance and the, and the, you know the power dynamic that dating always is yeah it i think tips the scale towards men on the app yeah you you're given a thought in a woman's head right. also That's hello i know that a lot of young women see bumble as more like the dating app the da- the dating dating app like we're going to we're going to have an actual date here we're going to this is what is more of the expectation i think mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but there's not one dating app there's not just bumble it's not like the guy that you meet on bumble isn't also on a lot of other on a lot of other apps. Right. Or, yeah. So you might be the you might be the person that they also see as the person to date. Right. Go out to for wine with whatever. But then there's all these multiple, multiple options for other types of relationships and scenarios that could be happening simultaneously, sometimes even at on during the date when you're in the bathroom. Because there is there is <laughs> Yeah, people there. keep swiping all the time. I definitely yeah. agree with that. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming on. We're actually, I think. We're running on This is so on. interesting. Thank you so much. This was like very, very interesting. Yeah. Everyone should definitely watch Swiped. It's on Go HBO, HBO On Demand, HBO Go, HBO Now. 
everywhere and definitely check out nancy joe's articles on in vanity fair she has some amazing one they've been once Look, that again they've been written by mil- read by millions of people tinder and the dawn of the dating apocalypse <laughs> you're gonna go don't read it on a sunday you'll be a little anxious <laughs> dating apocalypse was a quote from a young woman describing the landscape of dating today it was a quote it's a little it's a little extreme I wouldn't call in it moments. Moment. It can feel like that. I could, I could <laughs> agree with that in some yeah. moments. I mean, you know. Yeah. I wouldn't. Know what why. my my, you know, parting shot. Who are we when we use dating apps? How do we feel about each other? How is it changing how we relate to each other, and how is it affecting our, uh, our sense of well-being, self-esteem, and ability to form lasting relationships? Because that's what we want. How do you date? Do you use these apps personally? You're going to have to read my book. I'm going to have to read the book. I'm going to have to read the book. 2020. Look out for it. Untitled. Nancy Joe Sales (laughs) Finds Love. I think I know the name. There you go. (laughs) Thank you so much for coming on. Uh, Everyone go go follow and support and swiped. Hooking up in the digital age. HBO. We'll be right back. Nothing gives me naked confidence like really nailing a tough workout. There's a real sense of power that comes from pushing your body to its limits and conquering it like a champ. But a very close second, Lumi Whole Body Deodorant. It's the game-changing whole body deodorant for those who love feeling confident from head to toe. And you up listeners can now receive a special offer. New customers get 15% off all Lumi products with our exclusive code and link. Use code UUP at LumiDeodorant.com. L-U-M-E-D-E-O-D-O-R-A-N-T.com. Making sure that I smell good is like one of my top things to feel confident. If I'm scared that I might be like having an odor, that is going to totally throw off my confidence. So I love Lumi so I can feel confident that I'm smelling fresh every day. Lumi is seriously safe to use anywhere on your body. Yes, anywhere. It's baking soda-free, paraben-free, and pH-balanced for safe use below the belt. Lumi is formulated and powered by mandelic acid to stop odor before it starts. More like a pre-odorant. It's clinically proven to block odor all day and control odor for up to 72 hours. Choose from a variety of bright scents like clean tangerine, lavender sage, or toasted coconut. Lumi's starter pack is perfect for new customers. It comes with a solid stick deodorant, cream tube deodorant, two free products of your choice, like mini body wash and deodorant wipes, and free shipping. As a special offer for our listeners, new customers get 15% off all Lumi products with our exclusive code. And if you combine the 15% off with the already discounted starter pack, that equals over 40% off their starter pack. Use code UUP for 15% off your first purchase at lumideodorant.com. That's code UUP at L-U-M-E-D-E-O-D-O-R-A-N-T.com. Summer is just around the corner, so it's time Time to say goodbye to those jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. I wanted to update my wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune. Luckily, I found Quince. Now I have a lineup of timeless pieces I want that will keep me looking fresh year after year. I'm wearing a Quince sweater literally right now. They make the best cashmere sweaters and they're so well-priced. It's like, honestly, my dream store. I also have an amazing down comforter from them. They cut out the middleman and they really just give you these really, really high quality items that last a long time and that they're at an amazing price point. Quince has amazing items like premium Europe European linen dresses, blouses, and shorts from $30, washable silk tops, timeless 14-karat gold jewelry, and so much more. The best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes, so you can feel good about what you're wearing on every level. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash UUP for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I- 
quince.com slash UUP to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash UUP. That was a very interesting conversation uh, with Nancy Joe Sales. What did you think, Jordana? Um, I definitely, I think we, we definitely got, got into the meat of some very interesting topics. I think uh, Nancy Joe is doing a great service in explaining the side of the apps that we're not thinking about, the sales side, the, right. the big, the mission of these companies is to make money. And we're, I think, I'm aware of that. I don't know if we think about that while we're searching for yeah. love on these sites. I mean, I think about that when I, not only what if I was on, I remember when being on dating apps, but walking into a clothing store. Sure. I mean, any everyone wants you to make you feel a certain way so that they can make money off of you. That's just yeah. sort of advertising in general. And we have to be adults and figure out ways to, you know, be aware of that right. and make our own decisions. It's good and knowledge try and be held. to it's know. Good, good knowledge. I want to say to anyone that's a different uh, tone for this podcast. Yes. Um, I enjoyed the conversation, Jordana. I, yeah, I definitely enjoyed there was uh, the, the conversation. It was like, it got a little contentious at times, but I think everyone has but everyone walked Good, away right. shaking hands and smiling. So I want people to know there are subjects that we talked about in that interview that are tough subjects. Right. And, and you know, we, we don't feel comfortable talking about them because <laughs> who are we? We right. don't know shit. She's done a bunch of research. And um, yeah. I and hope everyone can listen to that. And, and if you guys have any thoughts on it, you liked it, you hated it, email us, UUP at Betches.com. Yeah. Um, and we're always trying to improve if you have any thoughts. Yeah, please send them in. I mean... Listen, I, uh, I, a lot of what she said, I agree with. I, I just think, you know, I think there's, there's just like a little, there's very negative things about dating apps. If you guys write in all the time, you can, you have issues. Yeah. You feel like commodified. You feel like there's too many options. That's something we talk about a lot, but I also do think that there's a lot of positive things about dating apps that have come. I think that being single, um, later in life is something that's, that's just happening naturally. People are exploring and doing more and they're single for longer. And this really gives them an opportunity to meet people in non-traditional ways that they wouldn't have had before. Listen, someone who is a, who is 30 and a guy or girl in any city doesn't have to rush into something because they're not sure if anyone will go out with them anymore. Right. Yeah. There's like and a ton of options. There's options. Right. There, right which yeah. can be, it can be a lot. I get it. It can be overwhelming and it can be bad for you, but in certain circumstances, it's better than it has been. Like I, I did give you that statistics. That is a, that is a true statistic that 60% of marriages worldwide are arranged. Yeah. So like, I don't really think anyone wants to go back to that in America. Most of those I assume are not in this country. No. Yes. I, 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 that's a, that is the, a ver- that's a valid, great point. Mm-hmm. And uh, listen, Nancy Joe said this herself. This is a big topic and there's no binary here. It is gray and there's good and bad to everything. Right. And we also have to be better. You know, we have to be, I think to me, my argument always comes down to personal responsibility right. and being aware and knowing, listen, I know when I have seven vodka sodas, that's not the smartest thing to do. Right. Everyone, yeah, everyone's got to be responsible for themselves. I do think the dating app companies definitely should take some responsibility for in the sense of like making sure things are safe on their sure. app and making sure that people don't feel uh, uh, either like discriminated against or sexually harassed. Of That's course. obviously very important. Um, but and of course, writing like, we should hateful, all have our personal... And people writing hateful things on these things, they, right. they should be taken out like they would be taken out of a park for right. yelling hateful things. I, we both I agree, agree with that. With that. Yes. So, um, and also these apps are changing and evolving. 
And here's the thing. We have to we have to respect our power as followers and subscribers. We say rate, review, subscribe because there's a power in subscribing. Right. So you have to know when the product is not for you. Yeah. So if you Tinder, you don't feel good about it. Get off Get the of fuck it. off. Maybe it's a different app. Maybe it's IRL. It's in real life. So exactly. we just wanted to say that because we know that the tone of this show is supposed to be fun and commiseration and, and that kind of went down a different road, but I, I enjoyed it. I'm, I'm happy she came. Yeah, I enjoyed it too. I like hearing a, a, a different point of view sometimes. Let's well. do an email. Yeah. Okay. UUP um, at Betches.com. Send them in. Please let us know. Let's do it. Hi, J&J. I recently discovered your podcast. I'm already assessed. I'm uh, planning to share on my Insta story soon. Do it yesterday. Oh, my God. Please. So I literally feel like I'm in the Black Mirror episode where the AI device tells couples the exact day and time their relationship will end. Have you seen it? I don't know if I have. You should watch Black Mirror. It's I like, like Black yeah, Mirror. There's a one episode, I think the one she's referring to is in the, I think it's the first or second episode of the new season where people are basically like, the dating app is essentially they get paired with someone. Yeah. But like you, they, it'll tell you like how long your relationship is going to. I'm kind of into that. You should watch it. It was like <laughs> I'd like to know. I, it was a really good one. Yeah, check it out. Please help. So I've been dating this guy for almost two months now, and it's going great. We both just graduated college and both have great jobs, and we met through a mutual friend at a happy hour. He introduced me to all his friends. We have amazing sex, and I spend every night at his apartment. And I still feel like I can get I can't get enough of him. We decided to be exclusive last weekend, and last uh, just last night he asked me to be his girlfriend. So we made it official. Ooh, I'm so excited wow. for them. Very exciting. So here's the problem. <laughs> He's only in town, and she puts her town, for two months for his job training. At the end of the year, he moves back to, we'll say, Boston. We talked about if we should go into a relationship knowing that it will be long distance in the near future and we both decided to enjoy it while he's here and to figure it out do uh, what to do when the time comes. This is The thing is I tried a long distance relationship once before and it completely ruined the relationship. I think this new guy would be better and more uh, communicative than my ex was but I still don't like the idea of a long distance. And we don't know if I would be happy if I couldn't see him every day, spend time with him like we do now. I also don't have the money to fly every weekend. Who does, bitch? <laughs> and I'm starting grad school soon. Feel like the odds are against us, but I'm the happiest I've ever been. And I've been in a while and I don't want to give up on us. Am I an idiot for continuing a relationship that we know will end soon? I know it's only going to hurt worse uh, the more I get attached to him. Or will this work out if it's really quote unquote meant to be I can feel myself falling in love with this guy and the idea of leaving him in two months is driving me insane please tell me what to do or anything will be okay what do you think um, I think this is a good question it's a yeah. good dilemma I think part of why it's so good is probably the knowledge that he's leaving yeah insecurity well, yeah. is very hot like in terms of like not knowing like sure how long this will last and like anyone there can do like, a vacation right yeah this is like an extended vacation yeah. like there you're probably only seeing like the really good stuff mm-hmm. not to say that it's bad maybe it is you are really happy and it is going really well i think i've never been have you been been in a long distance relationship i've, I've been, never been in one the distance that there is is longer than my people judge the distance right any place that you have to travel more than an hour to is long distance to me right so, so yes, yes I have, I, new york to boston i did it did you have issues yeah yeah. It's um, the problem is a lot. What you're saying is this mm-hmm. kind of vacation life you're living together. Right. But I like the situation when she says the odds are against us. You, I don't think you can be like, listen, the odds are against you no matter what. Right. Nine out of 10 people you meet don't happen. Don't and the 10th one ends out. in divorce 50% of the time. <laughs> so 
the odds are against you. That's why dating is so tough. If you've met someone that you're enjoying, and I do think like the knowledge of the two months, like when that ends, okay, then you assess. I, I don't think dating can be really... Planned out Planned out in that way Like you don't know If it's gonna end in two weeks Maybe two weeks later He'll go You'll say I don't really like being with this guy It's not The the bloom is off the rose Let's move on Yeah I could see that I think I think it She's probably like Needs For her headspace And I think a lot of the time Not saying all the time A lot of the time For women it's Tougher to be like ambiguous about a relationship. You like to know where you stand. You like to know where you're going. Right. They're in a a relationship. I think for the after to kind of be like, let's see what happens here is like a little, you want someone to be like all in or all out. And I get that feeling. Um, But I do agree with you that in this case, it might be better to be like at the end of these, this two months where he leaves to be like, let's try it. Yeah. If it doesn't, if it's becoming a lot for us, we'll know we gave it a shot and it's just not working. It doesn't have to be this dramatic fallout. For sure. We could just say we tried it. And if it doesn't, then it doesn't. And it's kind of like that love conquers all type of like bullshit saying right. that kind of exists for this. Yeah. Where it's like, have a great two months. Like, let's concentrate on what you got. You got two months. And then when you get to the end of it, you'll say... I'm enjoying time with you and he'll say I'm enjoying time with you if that's if it goes as you think it will go right and let's take out the calendar at that point let's take it out and let's start drawing up a plan I think that's the only way it works right I agree that makes you feel like also that gives you that sense of stability that you're like okay like we're not just going and like let's see what happens let's see when I see you yeah like you're like let's let's put an effort in let's try and if it's a lot if it's too much it's too much my thing to them would be to take a very romantic thing and make it practical right I think that will help them a lot so they're not like clouded by yeah like I know it's not sexy but to say hey we're gonna FaceTime every Wednesday this is what I want I'd like to FaceTime every Wednesday and then on this date and this date you're coming here and on that date on that date I'm going there how do you feel about that? And he'll go, perfect, I'm in. And then you can see how the relationship does with those things. And she, I'm not saying you have to travel every weekend, but let's make the effort to say, when will we be in the same town? Let's right. figure this out. And When can to, we make it work? When can we make yeah. it work? And also to not be offended when someone can't make it work. Not being able to come down, she's in Raleigh and he's in Boston. Not being able to come down to Raleigh for a weekend doesn't mean that he doesn't want to see you ever. It's that's not the weekend of work. But if you plan right. for a month, you know, a month from now, he's coming back down. Let's think, make it happen. All right. I think it's also important if you can to sort of fill out your longer term plans because yeah. if you're this guy's moving to Boston, he's like, I'm going to be in Boston for the rest of my life. I'm finally moving home. Yeah. And you're like, well, I don't have any plans to leave the city. Yeah. Then, yeah, it might be worth not be worth it to if you're both kind of like open to sure. like a lot of arrangements and then eventually maybe he'll move back or you can move there. One of you is open to relocation eventually. That's then that seems like a better idea. But if you're both, I think that it can be a little bit of a waste of time and sort of like a mental mind fuck if you're there's no one has any really intentions of of changing their plans ever someone has to compromise their life right as 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 crazy as that i mean i have two friends two separate friends where they're married now okay and one of them took a step for the other one Right, yeah. I mean, in you have bo- to do in, that in both situations. No one has long, no one has kids with their long distance partner. Yeah. Well, this is the this, so one of you is going to say, "I'm doing this," and in one it was the woman, and the other it was the man. So it can be the man or the woman. Right. But you got to say, 
I'm going to take a step back from the, my goal involves this relationship. That's not to say that the other person's goal doesn't involve it, but you have to, at some point, just be like, let's, yeah. someone's got to make, someone's got to move, yeah. make a move. Hey, right. um, I see myself in this career. Could I ever move? In your career, could you ever move? You're in training. They have training down here. Obviously, there's opportunities down here. Would you ever petition them in maybe six months to maybe get down here? Right. These are all good I questions think, to ask. I think long distance is fine if it has an end date or an end period. Or a thought on end Or a end thought date. of an end date, right, of an end date I or mean, a possibility of an end date. If you are just going long distance with no, and there's no possibility or potential to, to move it, then it's like, what's the point? I was long distance with someone and towards the end of it, she started saying things like, well, I, you know, someone's got to make a move. You know, I got, <laughs> someone, I gotta, someone, someone, it's like someone's got to get the someone, door. Someone's I don't know. <laughs> I don't know who's going to be. No, you go first. No, you go right. first. No, you go first. Yeah. So, but I did, she was kind of saying that she was going to end up here. Right. And the closer we got to that reality, the more it didn't feel right. And well, it's good to tell someone before they move. Yeah. Yeah. We are not together now, but <laughs> I, I, I think these things, when they're said out loud, I, I kind of think of it as like stand-up. I'll write things on paper all the time, and I'm like, that is the funniest fucking joke right. of all time. And then I'll say it out loud, and I'll go, oh, fucking shit. I can't believe I just heard myself say those words out of my mouth. That is the That's not definitely not funny. happening. That's right. definitely not happening. That's the least funny thing I've ever heard. I think with relationship stuff, that's a, that, that happens too. Right. Like hearing it or saying it, you're like... Though that my mouth should never move in those directions ever again. Right. You yeah, know? I think that's important. But we can look positively at this situation. She's like, all the cards are against us. They're not all against you. Yeah. You can get $200 flights these days. You're good. That's you know? true. Yeah, you could sustain it and have a good... T- I, I would give yourself a... An, if you want to try it, give yourself an amount of time after which you like you reflect on how that's going. Yeah. And I'll just don't be afraid to say the hard things. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's, you, you know, say that's like life. six months in, like, is this working for me? Am I like, yeah. do I feel like happy with this arrangement? Oh, um, so you train down here. Yeah. They must have jobs down here. Yeah. Could if it? He's, if it's worth it, it. The thing about the long distance is it makes you think, is this person worth it? Whereas if the person lives here, you're like, yeah, yeah it's I guess good. it's worth a Uber. Yeah. <laughs> I could <laughs> so do I'm a $15 saying state, Uber. Like you gotta, if you like them, you got to like really like yeah. them. Yeah. There's no like I'm kind of into this girl I'm seeing yeah, who lives across fine. the country. Yeah, yeah, you better be you fucking yeah. Jones. You know that feeling when you're going on your first date with the person you've been seriously crushing on and realize you have absolutely nothing to wear? Maybe you find yourself wishing you had the perfect pair of jeans, the one you can fancy up, fancy down, and just look better every time you wear them. Well, that's why you need to check out Lee Denim. I love Lee Denim. I'm wearing them today in the office. I'm wearing their jeans. I love, they also have this other pair that I have at home that I'm really excited to wear. It's like a little baggier, but it's still so comfortable and yet it's still so flattering. I don't know how they do it. Every time you wash it, they also look even better. And I love that they flatter every body type. Denim trends come and go, but Lee is legendary for creating denim cuts that fit your body. Their denim gets better with age and their classics fit into every look. Lee's denim jacket is the one to reach for without fail. A classic. The Ryder jean jacket is the OG, what every other brand has copied for decades. Everyone is an icon in their own right, and Lee makes denim so people can own their style and feel good in their clothes. Their spring collection is here, so get the freshest looks and cuts before anyone else. You can find your Lee fits by visiting lee.com. That's lee.com to shop spring looks now. When it comes to the plant-based eating debate, there's more to consider than just healthy or unhealthy. 
Of course, we want to eat things that make us feel good and generate energy to keep us going, but there's also a major environmental component that drives a lot of people to a plant-focused diet. But you don't have to give up some of your faves entirely. Impossible Foods makes meat from plants. They're solving the meat problem with more meat. By creating delicious meat from plants that's better for you and the planet, Impossible lets you enjoy some of your favorite meaty products with a plant-based twist. Ground beef, homestyle meatballs, sausage patties, all made from plants. And that's just a few of their delicious and versatile options. No more tension between craving meat but not wanting to eat so much of it or sacrificing your carnivorous faves for your health. Indulge in nutrient-packed, plant-based goodness and feel good doing it. Check out impossiblefoods.com to see how you can help solve the meat problem with more meat. That's I-M-P-O-S-S-I-B-L-E-F-O-O-D-S.com. All right, let's... Uh, UUP at Betches.com. Should we play one game and then get out of here? Yeah, let's do it. UUP at Betches.com. They refuse to pay for Spotify premium without ads. This is such a... F- I know a woman wrote this in. She did. Because... Do you have Spotify premium? Women love Spotify. You don't like Spotify? I'm just saying. Do you have... Jared, do you have Spotify premium? It's on my premium? phone. I don't have the premium. You don't have ads. But women... You do have ads. I don't use Spotify. I'm not you a... Have I'm ads. a Pandora user. You don't listen to music. I use Pandora if I listen to music. Do you pay for Pandora? And people are horrified by that fact. Wow. They treat me... When I say I Do use Pandora... Do you have an Android too? Yeah, they treat me as if I'm 800 years old. Wow. As if I, as if I said the crazy... As if mm. I was like, oh, let me take out my flip phone. That might be the hipsterist, hipsteriest thing about you. Is that I'm a Pandora user? Is that a Pandora user, yeah. <laughs> I, I, because I didn't have... Someone sent me a Spotify playlist. I didn't know how to do it. And they were like... Wow. You are 100 years old. Yeah. Not a Spotify uh, guy. I got it. But we're trying to get this podcast on Spotify to, to the listeners here. <laughs> for we those are, who are. For those who are, we are trying. It's wow. going to happen at okay. some point. This isn't but a Spotify ad, This by isn't the way. an ad. Even um, though Jared, we know he's like kind of a loser. I'm, yeah, I'm a loser who doesn't use it. Do you, are you paying for the premium? I am paying for the premium. For I don't premium. think I would care that much about a guy who wasn't. There are some girls. Unless he like wouldn't pay because he was like, it's too expensive. I pay for Pandora premium. Okay. That's fine. Okay. You're paying for a premium streaming service. Yeah. <laughs> so, so pretentious so pretentious that is not to me it is like not even on the spectrum of red flag deal break. okay I, th- I could see i could see a world in which i'd be like a lot i think if he was like oh i don't if he just used spotify with ads and he was just like yeah the ads are fine like i don't mind them like just wait for this hulu the mi- ad here's we'll the middle of our sex romantic. playlist yeah. there's a <laughs> that's <laughs> happened to me i've been in oh bed with girls where i'm paying like i have the regular pandora and oh, then it's wow. like and it's like do you want to hear about hulu that should, like, <laughs> that should lose that should make you lose an i'm like hold on yeah hold on this makes me harder yeah. <laughs> it's the sound of savings sure yeah right. let's do go for it okay my friend met a guy on hinge he facetimed her before they even met p.s they don't live in the same city red flag or deal breaker they met on hinge before they oh they facetimed before I no, mean, if, this is if a they deal live breaker. In a different city, deal breaker. Either you, way, no, because I get emails about this a lot okay. from women. It never ends well. The Facetime? No, met a guy on Hinge. He Facetimed before they even met. P.S. They don't live in the same. Oh, you mean city. them live, not living in the same city? Is if you meet breaker. someone on a dating app, that, that wasn't does, the red flag or the red flag or deal breaker was the was the uh, 
was the FaceTiming, but let's no, do No, 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 no. The red flag deal breaker is that they don't live in the same city and they met on an she app. She said P.S. They don't live in the same well, city. Well, P.S. I don't give a shit <laughs> about their postscript. Okay. I'm telling her what matters. And every time you meet someone on an app that isn't living in your city, right. it's either cheating it's always cheating They're on vacation vacation yeah. it's never gonna be like and then the the facetiming makes right. it even worse to me because he's trying to show you look at trust me you can see my face right the, he wants quick trust my brother um met a girl on some app they were not in the same city mm -hmm. he was living in san francisco he moved to they they were did long distance mm -hmm. and then he moved in with her when they what, what, he moved to Boston They lived with her Immediately Immediately Wanted yeah. to get out It was immediate <laughs> <laughs> He moved It was immediate Yeah Yeah um, I, I thought you were going to say They, they like, got married They each other A few times yeah. No but No He moved to Boston To like be with her And um, I think long distance Immediately only, ended Yeah Long distance yeah. only works When you start in the same city yeah like you I have, agree. To, you have start, to you have to have some relationship in the city together you have to start with yeah. seeing someone go to work from your bed or Other, from there right bed. otherwise it's like you're you're too hyped up on the like adrenaline of seeing yeah. a person you have it, to like know them on a daily basis i get these emails i hope we read on a future episode because there's this email that i keep thinking of and i gotta tell you to find it because mm -hmm. or whoever find you know i gotta I tell you to find it, it sounded mm -hmm. awful now i'm I'm really in my PC mode with the Nancy Joe. I, uh, <laughs> I, uh, I, uh, I, this people meeting on apps and they're like, he was in town and then we met on the app and he keeps coming back every weekend. Then one weekend he doesn't want to come back. And it's like, yeah. Cause he's with his girlfriend. His girlfriend. <laughs> Cause she told him, why do you keep going away? You don't work every weekend. This is where the apps are, you know, deceitful, you know, right. like, and it's like, listen, just because you have the ability to do something doesn't mean you should do something. Just because someone was nice on a dating app from two hours away doesn't mm -hmm. mean that's the only person who will ever be nice to you. There's nice people in every town. Yeah. And I think that's the the rut people get stuck in is they're like, if this doesn't work, I'll yeah, never they, love again. They become too, you know, it's, uh, yeah. it's too, what is it called? They're just... In their own head? No, no, no. I don't know. All right. Well, last one. He's on the BuzzFeed hottest mugshot list. P.S. He's no longer incarcerated. Oh, P.S. This is P.S. Matters PS, too. P.S. Nation. Marry him. No, I no deal breaker. You meet a girl. You Google her. She's hottest. on the BuzzFeed hottest mugshot list. Yeah, she's, she's hot. Yeah, I think you'd go out with her. One date. One date. Okay, so you're not gonna be your one wife. One date. Not my wife. But you know, look at this picture of mommy on the internet. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Listen, she taught high school. She's not the hot. You I'm know? not dating the hot convict. The hot convict has like that heiress, top shop heiress girlfriend. Do you know the hot convict? I remember the hot convict was like a thing. Yeah. So he like got out of prison. Divor he got like all this fame Divorced his wife Now he has a baby With the heiress of Topshop And he just Come on He just roams around On like the yachts The heiress of Topshop Yes He just roams He like is on yachts All the time With this woman Just like <sighs> This is uh, one of those Self-responsibility things That I'm hottest, talking about It's a hottest mugshot <laughs> like, Love story You willingly went in Yeah to, You know Are you gonna blame Tell the internet why that, she went in Yeah Yeah crazy oh my anyway that's our show that's our episode um let us know what you thought yeah. I, I i think this was a worthwhile conversation it's a different tone than what we usually do you might have turned it off already you might have kept going we hope you came back we hope you came back uh we're here every wednesday keep telling your friends betches